Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We are continuing our talk this week about the key to the kingdom of patience and the need for patience and all the different layers about patience and who we need to be patient with and when we need to be patient and all that good stuff. And we started off yesterday in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8 where he says the end of a matter is better than his beginning and patience is better than pride. And we talked about all of those kind of things and how our pride gets involved with us and one of the things that makes us so impatient. We also looked at how there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he says that God makes everything beautiful in his time. Today we're going to move over to James. Use that as our jumping off point. James chapter 5 beginning at verse 7. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. And he goes on from there to say, See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. And you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So in those short verses there, just that four short verses, he talks about being patient more than one time. We're to be Mm -hmm. patient until the Lord's coming. We're to be patient with each other we're not to grumble against each other we are to be patient as a farmer is patient we're to be patient in the face of suffering and so god in every aspect of our life wants us to exercise patience i like that don't grumble against each other brothers or you will be judged one of the things that we are so impatient about is our interaction with each other we Start grumbling in the line, huh? For some reason, we expect grumbling in the drive from through. everybody else, too. You know, we, right. we, if anybody says anything to us, we say, well, I'm not perfect yet. Of course, I'm not perfect. God's not done with me. And yet, for some reason, while we are willing to accept the fact that we aren't perfect, oftentimes we accept, expect that perfection in other people. So when other people don't do what we want them to or don't say what we want them to or don't act like we want them to. We get very impatient with them because they're just not doing what we want. We have got to learn that while we are not perfect, 
and God is still at work in us, he is in everyone else too. And to exercise that patience with others that we would hope people would exercise with us. And, and again, we always say this. This is a truth, I believe. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. Right. The so, way we see yeah, it. Yeah, that's the way. That's our perspective. My truth we, is reality. Right. So we put that on everything else. So again, back to the scripture, uh, James 5, 7. And I, I just want to give a little revelation on that uh, for... Uh, was that part at? Uh, Therefore, be patient, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. A lot of people think that's, you know, when Jesus comes. Well, that, I believe that's part of it, but I also believe it's when the manifestation of what you're expecting out of the Word of God to manifest, till that comes, the promise. Just like we talked about Joseph the other day. He had to, uh, he had to uh, be patient for the coming of the Lord, for, for that vision to be manifested. Because he could have did anything, and he could have just cast the vision away, and it would have probably would have never manifested. He could have just took his own life. A lot of Christians, a lot of people do that. They take their own life because they think this is it. What I dreamed of happened in my life, or what was promised not going to happen, so I'm just going to end it right now. And and I'm pretty sure if anybody had good reason to do that, it was Joseph, <laughs> but he didn't do that. If you don't end your life, just give up. Yeah, just we give up. What I, that's the ultimate day. give up is ending your life. But I mean, we see evidence of people who have just given up every day. Right. You see them wandering the streets, but you see people, and you talk to people, I know I have, they've just given up their dreams. Yeah. They, they no longer have it. I know somebody's close to me now. That's, life. Yeah, they just give up, and I'm like, wow, you're halfway through your life, so to speak, and you just, you have no aspirations, no well, motivation. They're just giving up their dream. Their dream is dead. Yeah, it's they're dead. Just, they're just getting up in the morning and going through the day. And you know what? The Bible says the word of God is like putting water on some dirt or on a, on a flower. You put some water on the flower, it'll come alive. And the word of God is like that. But back to this part again, it says, therefore, be patience. That's a command. Remember, the keys are, are commandments with promise. Those the keys of the kingdom, and keys lock and unlock things. This key we're speaking on is patience. And he so doesn't say try to be patient. No, no, he, he says he, be patient. Yeah, yeah, he didn't say if you can. Because <laughs> God's never going to tell you to do something you can't do as a child of his. Because his Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So you can do all things through Christ who granted you. So you can, therefore, be patient, brethren. Remember, he says brethren. That means he's talking to family members. Brethren, sisterin. He's talking to people who are in the household of God. He says... Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord or until the manifestation of what you're believing for or coming out of this storm. Then he gives you an example. See how the farmer waits. We talked about that yesterday, how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. And we know in this community, we live in an agricultural community, those farmers wait patiently for some rain, especially this season in 2014. They was, they was getting a little nervous, though, but they got some rain. And they were talking about, you know, we'd be glad when rain come because it's forcing us to use our reserves. But here's the thing, too. They stored up some reserves, too, for that meantime. Because they you never know when the meantime is going to come. And any good farmer, he has some reserves somewhere. He has a reservoir somewhere, <laughs> You know, where he can pump some water out. But they rather wait for that that early in that latter rain because that's free. That's free water. It's going to come and, and water their crops. 
But they believe me, they got some water on the side. And it reminds me of the virgins that had their oil ready and the other ones that didn't. So that's part of patience. Part of patience is, is preparing. You got to prepare for for difficult times. Meaning, back to this broadcast, Faith on Fire, you got to be built up in the faith. Because your time is going to come where you got to employ some patience. And part of walking by faith is having patience, having all that God has given to us. He's given us that spirit or the ability to employ patience because we can do all things through well, Christ. One of the fruits of the spirit is patience. Right. You know, you had said that just a few minutes ago. One one of the fruits of the spirit is patience. So when God says be patient, he actually is going to give us the ability to, to right, be right. patient. Right, right. Well, he's given it to you. He just said you just use it. Right. Here it is, Richard. We can choose to use not it or not. Be. We can choose to be impatient. And, and, I can choose standing in line to start grumbling along with everybody else. You want to freak people out? Go to a post office or go to some long line. And when the I was there around, yesterday. When the people around <laughs> you start grumbling, say something positive. And it, it, it just mm-hmm. like blows their mind. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, God's he's, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness over in First Peter. So he's given us patience and he tells us to employ it because we're going to need it. And it's going to allow us to be perfected and, and lack nothing. But back to this verse, look at verse 8. Look, he commanded us again. He said it again in verse 8. You, put your name right there, also be patient. Yeah, he's talking to us. That's a command. That ain't a suggestion. Look, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. That means the manifestation of what you're believing for, if that's the victory or to get through this storm, it's coming. It's at hand. It's only at hand if you employ patience. But if you want to hurry up and skip, a lot of us want to skip the process. And that's what Joseph didn't do. You can't go, you get the promise. A lot of us want to get the promise and go right to the palace. Because Joseph went to the palace. But in the middle was the other P word, the process. In the process, that's where you employ patience. In that process. And that's called the meantime. Right. The process wasn't as much fun as the Right. The process never is. But like you just said with the renovation, the process was grueling. But the end result, how you like your, your renovation now? Right. You love it, huh? Oh, yeah. But that process was enduring. You had to endure the process. Remodel your kitchen sometimes. <laughs> well, that's, and see, that's the problem. You got the promise. You promised your wife a new addition. Oh, that was the promise. And they promised you whatever show you was watching that told you you could do this. That was the promise. But they didn't really tell you what the whole process was. They showed you the, the, the palace at the end. And that's what you looked at. But once you got into the process, you... You started backing off a little. What did I didn't got myself into? Yeah, well, what was I thinking when I did this? <laughs> right, right, I mean, right. Anybody that's ever remodeled their house knows that about well, halfway well, through, you're like, well, that's what part of the this? process. And, and again, Joseph didn't get the promise and go right to the palace. There was a process in between called time, meantime. So you, it's what you do in that time period in the process is what's going to make or break you. Like we say, a lot of people give up, they throw in the white flag in the process. Well, and know, that's where. Just as you said that, it brought to my mind a person's garden. You know, not just a farmer, but a person's garden. Yeah. You go out this time of year, you rototill, you get your fertilizer, you get everything all ready to go, you put your seed down, you plant. But then between now and when you actually get a harvest come fall, you've got to water, you've got to weed, and you got to do a lot of weeding. Because if you don't weed between now and the fall... You're going to have a lot more weeds than you have stuff that you planted. One of the most interesting things to me about weeds is I've never planted a weed, ever. I've planted they just grow, huh? <laughs> I planted lots of seed. I've never planted a weed once. And yet the weeds 
come up before the, what I planted. And if I don't take care of the weeds, During, they will overrun the things that I planted. Now, I'm glad you said that because the Bible refers to that garden that you talked about. You know what a garden of Eden is located now? It's our spirit, the Bible, our heart, not our blood pump, but our spirit. That's our heart. That's our garden. We plant the seed of God's word, and we're planting the, the seed of patience today. He says, plant that in your heart. Remember, we talked about meditations last week. Meditate on this. And that seed will grow up. But you got to, the Bible says in Proverbs, I believe, guard your heart with all diligence. All right, you got to weed. But out of, you got to weed it. That's part of the garden. You got to weed it because that's the new garden. It's the kingdom is inside of you. That's the garden. You got to weed that bad boy out, man, because stuff is going to come and try to choke out what you're aiming to produce, your produce. So you got to constantly be in there working that garden. You just can't plant the seed one day and bounce and go on vacation. No, you got to be there tending that that seed because you want to harvest out of it. And that's what he means by the coming of the Lord. The promises that the Lord has made, that's the coming of the Lord, the manifestations of what you're believing for. And you got to guard that because I'm reminded that what the weeds represent the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy your garden. Right. And that garden is in your heart. So go ahead. Some of that's just lethargy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, really. One of the reasons why we don't want to go weed our actual garden is just we're tired and we just don't feel like it. One of the reasons why we don't weed our spiritual garden is just lethargy. It's just easier to do nothing. It's easier to watch TV. Right. It's easier to do something else than it is to well, read God's now word. Now I'm reminded of Hebrews 11.6. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those who come to him must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. To diligently seek him is doing what he said in the word, uh, employing the principles. That's the one that's diligently seeking him. I'm a hearer and a doer of the word. Because if I don't do that, I'm not pleasing God, and I'm not going to get the promises. They're not going to be manifest because there's going to be that process, that time, that meantime. That's where you really need to employ all these keys. Use these keys and unlock heaven's doors because you got to use them through life because life is going to throw some obstacles at you. Some adversity is going to come. That's where you need to employ the keys. And I see a lot of Christians, first of all, they don't know the keys because they're not being taught the keys. So I guess they can't use them. <laughs> but you got to be, remember, we leak. You got to constantly remind yourself of what keys. That's what we we're doing. about that last yeah, week. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. We're constantly, we're here, like Paul said, to stir you up. We know you probably heard of these keys, but they're in you. It's just like Kool-Aid. When you make some Kool-Aid, you put your Kool-Aid in there, your sugar in the water. And then what you got to do? Stir it up. So it's all in you. We just here to and stir you up. You have to stir it up again if you don't drink it right off. Right, right, right. right. You got to because that sugar wants to go to the bottom. And that's what this broadcast is about: to ignite or stir your faith up, stir you up. That's what we're here to do. So uh, again, back to the text, verse eight. You also be patient. Look, established. Established means established. It's like an established business. It's been around for a while. You know, we got some. We got a track record. So he says, establish your hearts. Oh, notice he didn't say establish your mind because your mind's got to get renewed. He said establish your heart. That's what the seed gets planted in your heart. Establish your heart for the coming or the manifestation of the Lord is at hand. So that's what you're looking for. Remember, the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Yeah, the seed looks just like a seed. But the end of that seed is going to give me a, a harvest. And I always tell people this. You can, I can show you a bag of seeds and you can count the seeds in that bag. But once I plant them and you open up an orange or something, 
you uh, or you can look at the seeds and count them, but you can't tell how many oranges are in a seed. Yeah, that, and that's what you're hoping for. Faith is something the thing you hope for. I'm hoping for the promise, the big thing. About 15 years ago, I planted a cherry tree. Mm-hmm. This little spindly little thing had, you know, the trunk was probably about as big around as your thumb. Had three little twigs coming out of the top of it, and the whole thing was maybe four feet tall. Mm-hmm. And now it's this huge tree. And there it is, right there. I've never counted the cherries, but I'm sure it's thousands of <laughs> That's cherries what I'm talking on about. that tree every year. Right, so right. Start, so did you? But uh, did I you? I could have said, you know what? I'm, there's no sense planting this thing. It's going to be years before there's. But did you plant a, plant a thousand seeds? No, I planted one little twig. <laughs> but, you know, but you could say, well, you know, it's going to be a while before there's anything here. It's just not worth the effort of even planting it. And yet you say, you know what? Yeah, tomorrow there's not going to be cherries on this thing. Maybe even next year there might only be one or two, but eventually there's going to be a huge. And you harvest. said that was three years ago. It's been about fifteen. Fifteen. It was probably years about ago. four years before I actually got enough cherries to make it worthwhile. Right, right, right. But now you got you got now I got, you got thousands. Two, thousands. Well, thanks for telling me that because I love cherries. <laughs> I'll be over there. Thank you for revealing that to me. So I love cherries. So you know that's that's that process. So it was a years long process. It was four years from when I planted the tree until I actually had a crop that was worth being called mm-hmm. a crop because I think the next year I had like two cherries or three really? <laughs> you know so I mean that's but you didn't give up, you didn't give up on it you no, didn't cut didn't, that thing down hey, and say man, this get tree, rid of this it. tree's not doing yeah. anything right it right. was doing exactly what it was supposed to do right knew that's what it was there do. was a process it was it was in process I, I didn't say oh man this tree's not working there's right, only three right. cherries on it I said this tree's doing this tree is doing well this right. is what this tree is supposed to be doing, and it's doing it. All I have to do now is be patient with it, and eventually there's going now, to be a Now, 15 years later, you got thousands of cherries. And you got a huge harvest. Wow. But, but that's our life. So many times we, in the process, we don't realize this is the, it's working. Uh-huh. This is what is supposed well, to be happening. Last week, we, were, we read this, the, the word which you receive works effectively in those who believe. The word is seed. All you got to do is plant it and cultivate so it. It's going to work. In the process, though, we have to realize it is working. Yeah. Some, it's easy to take your eyes. See, go to back to Joseph. We view Joseph a lot, for example. In the process, being sold into slavery, going to prison, the process, you might, this isn't working. Right. This whole thing's not working. <laughs> this whole prophecy thing, this dream thing yeah, that I've yeah, been getting, not, it just I, ain't working. I should just give up on my dream. I shouldn't mm. worry about it. I should just give up. And you know what? Since I'm not going to be able to fulfill my dream, Maybe Potiphar's wife's right. Mm-hmm. Wife is right. Maybe that's what I should do. But he didn't ever turn away from the dream that God had given him and the vision that God had given him. That's the way you and I and everybody who's listening, we mm-hmm. need to stay true to the promise that God has given to us. Stay true to the dreams that He has given to us, because eventually, when the process is finished, He will make it all beautiful. Mm-hmm. And look at verse ten. He goes to elaborate a little more. Again, speaking to us as family members, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering, or another word for suffering is enduring and patience. And the prophets was those ones that went before us. They could be considered prophets too. But he says, look at their lives and what happened. And he gives you an example of one of the prophets. We don't think of Job as a prophet, but look what he says next. Indeed, we count them blessed. Who? The prophets who endured or anyone who endured. Look, see, you got to endure. You have heard of the perseverance. Oh, that's another word for patience 
of Job and seeing the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And we know what happened in the end of Job. The Bible says God blessed him more than he had blessed him previous. And back to that scripture in Ecclesiastes, the end is better than the beginning. And the Bible says that if you read Job chapter 42, Job had it going on in the end. He had he had more children. They were the most beautiful ones in the land, and he got all his his material things back, his cattle and all of that. He was God restored him better than he was before. And that's he's saying now, remember that. Always go back and look. That's why I tell people the Old Testament is just a foreshadowing of the New Testament. And if you go in there and find how God dealt with his people, you can put faith in that word too. Because the word is living. You put faith in it for your situation. And you gotta employ patience. We don't like to do that, but we can do that because God said we can do it. Actually, he commanded us to do it. And the commands are, the principles, the commands are keys of the kingdom with promises. They're commands with promises. God just don't tell you to do something just on general principle. He tells you to do it because he knows he has an end for you. He has something that's going to be good for you. It said about Job, look at that. It says that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Merciful meaning you're probably going to get something you didn't deserve. God's always, the scripture says we all we have one always on the right hand of the Father making intercessions for us. I guess that's merciful. I got somebody, an advocate, pleading my case constantly, who's seated at the right hand of the Father. If that ain't mercy, I don't know what is. So God will get, strengthen you to, to employ patience. Well, see, that's why James talks about we need to have patience and perseverance and endurance and all those things so that we can be made complete. Mm-hmm. So... The reason why we should count it all joy when we face tribulation is because he's going to use those things to make us complete. I'm being perfected right now. I understand that. (laughs) Our process, in the process, we might not necessarily feel like counting it all joy because it will be a tribulation. But the reason why we can count it all joy is because he is going to use it to perfect us. Once again, to go back to Ecclesiastes, he makes all things beautiful in its time. So the process might be ugly. And especially if you remain in him. Jesus said in John 15, I am the true vine. He said, abide in me and allow my words to abide in you. We got to stay connected. You can't disconnect from God in your meantime, in the process. You got to stay connected. And one easy way to stay connected, keep watering, keep, keep that word. Jesus is referred to as the word. And the Bible says, Run with endurance, uh oh, another word for endurance is patience, the race that was set before us, looking unto Jesus, the word of God, as the author and the finisher of our faith. You got to do that. And if he said employ patience, by golly, employ patience. And ask God for the wisdom to how to do that. But you know what's interesting (laughs) is right after these verses in James, James says, is anybody in trouble? Is anybody sick? Pray. Mm -hmm. Is anybody happy? Rejoice, pray, give praise. Mm-hmm. If anybody's sick, you call the elders and pray. James's version of what you should do. If you're happy, praise God, pray. If you're sick, praise God, pray. You're in trouble, pray. James' answer for everything, good, bad, and in between, was to go to God and speak to God. We have got to get that back into our mentality. The answer to everything in our life is connection to God. So when things are going great, 
We need that connection with God to keep us from becoming too proud, too boastful, too arrogant, to forget. I think one of the reasons why so many Americans have forgotten God is that we've got too many things going for us. It's too easy. We have too much success. We have too much provision. And once you start getting there, it's easy to take pride in yourself. A lot of people in America think America is great because of Americans, that we have what we have because of us and not see it as a blessing of God. Right, right. And so even in our own individual lives, we can get so many things that we start to think it's about us and what we have done and what we have provided, and it takes our mind off of God. So success is as big a danger as when you're having mean times, as we've been talking about. So when you're happy, you're joyful, things are going great, you need to keep that connection with God. When things are not going good, you're sick, you're in trouble, whatever, you need to keep that connection with God. So James, as he talks here, really gives us one of the the real keys to even patience and all those things is to keep that connection with God. We always, as believers, need to be connected with him through prayer, through oh. Bible study, no matter whether things are going great, no matter whether things are going not so great, or sometimes things are just going really bad, the connection needs to be with God constantly. And that's when you're really walking by faith. And that's when you're really employing faith also, is you can stay connected to God in whatever season. He says, preach the word in season, out of season. You Preach the word just means speak the word. Rely on the word. And I'm reminded as you were speaking of Proverbs 3, 5, and this is something we can meditate on. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. That acknowledge him is in prayer. Prayer is just talking to God or acknowledging God about what he said in his word. Lord, you said this. You said you give your angels charge over me, and they keep me in all my ways. You said that your favor goes before me and produces for me. You say you, your goodness and your mercy follows me all the days. That's how I pray. I pray the word of God. I pray, I remind, and I think there's a scripture, I know there's a scripture that he says, remind me of what I said. I'm going to bring it to your remembrance, God, because I, I spend time with you. I know what you said, and can't nobody tell me what you didn't say because I'm going to find it out. I got a concordance in my Bible. I meditate on your word day and night. You reveal things to me in your word. And most of all, your Holy Spirit, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells inside of me. And he gives me wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. See, so, and so when the devil comes to us and he says, you know what? God doesn't care about you. Nobody cares about you. I cast that you. thought down. The scripture we says. We can say, you know what? That's a lie because I know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. And the Bible tells us to cast down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And right now we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to encourage you and challenge you as you go through this white week. Keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.